Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the AHA Moments Radio Show for the inspiration, education, and celebration of enlightened living worldwide with your host, Mariana Cooper, founder of AHA Moments International and ahamomentsworld.com. Tune in for the next hour and learn to trust your AHA Moments to lead the way to live a passionate and purposeful life. And now here's your host, Mari. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the AHA Moments Radio Show for the inspiration, education, and celebration of life living worldwide. I'm Mari, and happy Tuesday. I am, uh, this has been like an insane week already, Um, and a lot is going on in the atmosphere, and I don't know if you've been feeling it, but we have a lot going on, so we're going to do a little AHA energy check, and um, today we are talking about inspiration and how to beat burnout and find your flow, and you know, a lot of people think, oh, uh, you know, I've heard about this already, but I think I have a, a little bit of a different spin on it. And hopefully it'll help you out. Um, very clearly, it's important to pay attention to first and foremost what's going on with the planets. You know what's going on with um, uh, all the interplanetary energy because that, especially with sensitive people, people who would be attracted to this type of show. Um, you're going to feel a lot of the energy that's happening, that's swirling around. And this week, this month has been one that many, um, you know, astrologers and energy people have been very much aware of because it's eclipse season um, for the spring anyway. And so we had, you know, I think we talked about on the show a few weeks ago, we had the solar eclipse and uh, and a new moon about two weeks ago. And then tomorrow is the lunar eclipse and the full moon. And then on top of that, there are two comets that are going to be flying by, and they'll be closer um, to the Earth than they've ever than they've been since uh, they haven't been this close since the year 1770. Um, <laughs> so that's going on, and it's all happening tomorrow. And then, of course, we had the spring equinox um, yesterday. So we've got a lot going on, a lot of changes. And honestly, you know, there's sometimes you're feeling really out of sorts, like there's some sort of block and nothing is making sense logically. Um, what normally would work doesn't. Kind of like a feeling of a Mercury retrograde. Eclipses are a little bit more acute. You'll feel it stronger and then it poof, just goes away because it's not a long-term thing like, a you know, a three-week Mercury retrograde. This particular month, however, <clears throat> could potentially feel that way for you um, because we had, um, because, you know, we had two eclipses in one month and a super new moon and now the full moon and, you know, comets flying all over the place. It's just a lot. It's a lot going on. I know for myself um, and a lot of the people in my multidimensional manifesting class where we're really, really, really spinning a lot of energy and we're really working with um, very high frequencies and, you know, they're doing a lot of exercises in parallel realities and working, you know, back and forth across those different parallels and just amping up um, uh, the energy, uh, you know, and my advanced, my intuition students, my coaching clients, they're all, either, you know, invested in the work and really 
uh, doing this kind of stuff all day long, they are really feeling the sensitivity because when you start to raise your frequency on purpose, you get more sensitive to everything around you. And so um, those types of energies are important to keep track of just so that you don't overreact and start trying to fix something that's not yours, you know. And so... um, it's good to have a moon calendar. It's good to kind of pay attention. I'm not a big astrology person. Like, I don't go and, you know, I've certainly had my share of um, uh, what charts being done and that type of thing. I think it's always nice to have your, I call diagnostics, like having a Vedic astrology reading at some point is good. Having a numerology reading at some point is good. It's just like going to the doctor and getting a baseline, you know, on your um you know, mammograms or a baseline on, you know, your blood work or something like that. It's good to have a baseline on your energy work. But do you need to, like, follow it every single day? If it resonates with you, absolutely. If not, you don't have to. But these big shifts and changes, um, it's, it's, a, it's a good idea, I've found, to sort of pay attention just so that you're not beating yourself up if it feels like all of a sudden you're going, 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 and then you hit this wall and you're spinning your wheels and you're like, wait, what happened, what happened, what happened? So so today I wanted to talk, so that's that. And then uh, the whole burnout thing is big because um, I've been hearing a lot in the private sessions and readings um, that I, you know, in private sessions and the readings that I've been doing. And... It's partly because um, there are a lot of interplanetary changes and there is a tremendous amount of energy pumping around us so that, you know, you might be dreaming a lot more than you're used to doing. Um, You might start to remember your dreams. I know that a lot of light workers, their sleep is being disrupted um, because there's a lot of vortexing energy coming, you know, spinning around. as all these different shifts and changes happen. There's a lot going on in the atmosphere, you know, way bigger than this this show. So um, so that would be a cause, part of the cause for some fatigue. You know, um, it's important, obviously, the basics, keeping your diet. Like, you know, first things first, always notice, notice if your blood sugar is off. That can give you a lot of false positives when it comes to, you know, your actual true stress levels. I know that if... Um, I I always start my day off with a protein shake and like today yesterday was kind of a hard day so I forgot to get the coconut milk and I forgot to get the fruit and I forgot to get it. and so today time when I got up and the time I was doing the show I just got my protein shake about four minutes ago before I got on the air so um, and I didn't even finish it and I had literally had nothing to eat except for water all day so of course you know I'm getting jittery and agitated and stressy. And it was because my blood sugar was off, and not because any particular, um, you know, acute reason for that for that moment. So that's number one. Always pay attention to that. Um, I find that if I back off of sugar for you know two, three, four days, I feel so much better, and I'm actually kind of on the sugar fast right now. I'm just not dealing with it at all. I'm really focusing on my protein and vegetables and and all that kind of stuff. So that you know, those are the basic things. But I wanted to talk a little bit more about some of the non-basic things that can cause us to um, to feel like we're really, really off and, off, you know, out of our flow. So the first thing is, what is flow? You know, what what are we talking about here? Because, and in it, what it is, is 
a combination of things. It's kind of like when you are um, when you're you're connecting, like almost like a prolonged aha moment. Okay, so your conscious mind is connecting to the energetics, and it's kind of staying in that flow. So you're getting whole what I call downloads, and or a sense of oneness, a sense of transcendence, and you're transcending the linearity of the physical world. So um, I know when I go to start channeling, um, I, I'm in the flow and I will think, of, you know, I'll be writing in my notebook and it'll feel like I've been writing for maybe five, ten minutes at the most and then I will look up and it's been three hours. And I'm sitting Indian style on my bed and my legs are like stuck in that position because I've been sitting that same way for three hours just writing and writing and writing and writing. And, and, and there's a sense of nourishment that happens as well. Uh, when you, maybe you're playing tennis or maybe you're out, uh, you know, water skiing or maybe you're, you can tell I'm in San Diego in the springtime, right? Um, <laughs> or you're, you're uh, dancing or you're in yoga class. When you start to lose track of time, that means that you're transcending linearity and you're finding a flow. Okay, you could even be driving and you kind of zone out and you're kind of in this, uh, a, a thinking zone, so you're finding the flow. Okay, now the next, um, so so, and I also well, you know, I have a lot of things going through my head all at one time. So we also have um, our creative flow, right? So we have that feeling of. Um, when you sit down to write or you sit down to paint or do artwork or any kind of um, dancing or, um, you know, even acting when you're doing a scene with another actor or you're doing a monologue and you just sort of step in and you feel like you become one with that character, one with that piece. Um, music, you know, feeling, of, you know, that, that sensation of really feeling at one with music. The bottom line is that you want to, when you get in the flow, you don't check out. That's different. And like numbing out is not being in your flow. It's, it's, that a, a, comes from a point of resistance. Flow comes from a point of forward momentum. It's just that you're in, in such harmony in what we call resonance with that forward momentum that um, it feels good. It feels nourishing. It feels like forward feeling. It feels like progressive is the word I was looking for. Whereas numbing out feels stopped. It feels like you're just sort of stuck. It feels like you're hiding, like you're underneath something. So ideally what we want is to be able to find our flow. Now our flow is always on. It's just are we in alignment with it? That's the question. And when you're not and you're going from kind of frustration and burnout to um, thinking really hard and trying to figure things out, back to frustration and burnout, then to resistance, and then to, you know, arguing and trying to get other people to be what you need them to be so you can get your plans done and all that, you start going back and forth in all these different directions, you lose your flow, and what you do is you create blocks. As you're always pushing against those blocks, of course, your stress levels are going up. So it's very easy to get burnout in in that way. Okay, So what you want to do... Um, First of all, is I want to talk to you a little bit about a particular theory that really, really has was very helpful for me. And um, once I sorted it out, and I always kind of lean into this, and I always do the checks and balances. So really important throughout your day. One of the reasons why people get burned out is because they stop listening to what they really need. So sometimes you know because you're, you're going at things with your mental mind too much. 
So you might really need water. You might really need something salty. You might need something sugary. You might need to go for a walk. Um, your body might be asking for movement. Your body might be asking for just for it to be listened to, to hurt. It might be asking for rest. It might be asking for more sleep, or it might be asking for what I call waking rest, where you're awake, but you're just allowing yourself to be, you know, just to to chill. (laughs) You know, I know I never watch TV without doing, you know, six other things at the same time. And, um, I remember, oh gosh, I guess it was two weeks ago, um, that some show was on, I think it was some finale or something, I don't know what it was, and I remember saying, you know what, I'm going to treat myself to watching this TV show sitting on the sofa. And I did that, I put a sheet over the sofa because I'm my cat, and my cat, you know, my cats love TV time, and it's because it's very rare that I'll sit down on the sofa, um, and watch TV because I'm usually sitting at my, uh, you know, like t- kitchen table or something with the laptop, and I'm watching TV and on the phone and typing and you know. So I just decided to let myself rest, and I did, and I was awake, and I, you know, and it felt really decadent, and it felt great. Now, that just giving yourself permission to do that, it can be huge. You know, I'm not saying you do that all the time, obviously, but. You know, you also don't want to be working and multitasking all the time. You know, there's some new statistics that have been coming out. Um, You know, I I have a whole background in marketing, and I pay very much attention to entertainment marketing, particularly because we're developing TV shows and all kinds of things. And one of the the big things that, big discoveries that they have found is that they call it multi-screen viewership. So what's changed over the last, you know, five years in particular is that when a television programmer is figuring out, you know, how to get viewer attention, they have to figure out where the viewer's attention is. And they're realizing that because of the smartphone and the computer, the laptop and the iPad, the tablet um, and the television, the one that's least paid attention to is the television itself. And because, and, if someone has a TV on, they're usually they call it multi-screen viewership, and where they're they're literally split screening themselves. So people are like looking at their phone, looking at their tablet, looking at their computer while they're watching a TV show. So that viewer's attention is split four ways now instead of just one. And so um, they had to start reinventing how they did programming so that they continue to capture the attention span because they have advertisers who need to know how many people are actually, they're reaching, you know, how many people are actually seeing these ads. So you notice notice how ads are everywhere, like you can't do anything without an ad popping up, you know. And it's because they know that it's no longer, like the television ads are just almost, not working because at all because of the DVRs and people can, you know, they get up and leave the room, all those kind of stuff. Um, I'm saying this because if you really think about how much your attention is being split in all different directions, uh, it, it causes your mind to to have to multitask constantly. That raises your burnout level, but what more importantly, especially for the for our purposes today, what it does is it lowers your frequency. So we all have um, uh, an energetic signature, 
okay? Uh, a vibrational resonance, vibratory resonance is what, you know, more of a formal term for it. And that signature, you know, some people you know are real high strong, you know, so they have a very, you know, a very high vibratory signature in the sense of, you know, very frenetic. Then there's other people who are are very intuitive and kind of in the flow a lot, and you might say that they have a very high vibrational frequency. You know that they that they can kind of straddle worlds and kind of you know flow with things, and they're not a whole lot of resistance. And then you have the people who are really angry and constantly like you know fighting about things and and just just kind of idle on angry and idle on debating things and being antagonistic. So there's lots of different personality types, right? But each one of those person. This is not about personality. It's about resonance. This is about how do you vibrate your energy. Okay, and so one of the things you want to start, and I'm sure you've heard about this, you want to start managing what we call your energetic frequency, in addition to everything else you're doing throughout the day. But managing your frequency is actually easier than it sounds because it's basically saying that whatever you're feeling inside, you're so you're just sort of projecting out, and so. You want to sort of make sure that you're paying attention to what your own personal needs are. Of course, we started out talking today about biological needs, and now you know there's emotional and there's mental needs as well, and then there's energetic needs. Okay, so the big um, piece of theory that I want to talk to you about is what I call the three-legged stool, and this is outlined pretty, um, pretty. What's the word? It's not elaborate. Uh, thoroughly, gosh. So it's been managed. Pretty, it's, it's, it's covered pretty thoroughly in my book, um, the Aha Factor. But super, super important to look at this when you're thinking about, you know, needing inspiration and how burnout you feel. Okay. So there, we all have three aspects of ourselves. Every single person has this. Not just one person or this person or that. It's nothing special. It's it's very much how we're built. So we have our child aspect. Our feminine aspect and our masculine aspect. So the inner child, I'm sure you've heard about the whole inner child thing, the child is always the point of inspiration. Inspiration sparks from your childlike energy. I don't care if you're a scientist. I don't care if you're a politician. I don't care if you are a doctor or an artist or you know a teacher or a you know, mom or whatever. Any no matter what you do or who you are, your point of inspiration always comes from the childlike energy within. It's the place of wonder. You know, even if you're like thinking, okay, which stock, which stock should I pick to buy? Which might seem like as hardcore as it gets and as far from a childlike energy as it gets. You think about the stock based on, oh, how, you know, if I buy this stock, you know, what does it have to do with? Or it's a sense of wonder. Um, or I wonder what, you know, how much money I could make from this and then what would I do with that money? And, oh, and, you know, or this sounds good or that, and, you know, or it could be a game. Like, okay, I wonder if this goes up, then that will give me more points to, to trusting that I, you know, I know I'm really good at, you know, gambling or picking up stocks, you know, this type of thing. Bottom line is, though, the child, the inner child, the childlike energy within you is always where your point of inspiration comes. I don't care if it's, maybe I should move the furniture today or I, I, I'd rather go to the park and not go to the, you know, to that meeting or what? all these different things. Ideas, new ideas, things like I love music, I love music. Boy, wouldn't it be awesome to be able to have kids um, heal with music, 
or people heal with music. So you come up with an idea, okay? So that's your inner child. That always that idea never comes from your masculine. It doesn't come from your feminine energy. It doesn't even come from your adult energy at all. It comes from the child energy. So the little kid within you says, "Oh, wouldn't it be cool to like teach kids, you know, heal, help kids to heal with music?" Now that as soon as you come up with that idea, it goes into the vetting process with your inner feminine and your inner masculine. So the feminine energy says, oh, you know, that's an inspiring idea, the idea of, you know, working with kids with music. I wonder I wonder how that would look if it was fully fleshed out, you know. Could we have a you know, a music school? Could we have an online app? Could we you know how how would that look? And what's the vision and what's the mission of that? Would that be something um you know, that that would be fun, that would that be something that could be lucrative, you know, all those kinds of things. But she's thinking about the big overarching vision. From there, the masculine energy comes in and says, okay, the child has this inspiration, the feminine has this, has this big mission now. Oh, it's like my honey-do list. I've got to figure out, how do I make this happen? So what are the steps that I need to take for this to happen. So that's where the to-do list come in. That's where the, well, if you want to have a music school, you know, what does that entail? Has anyone done it? What's the competitors like? Could this make money? Does anybody else make money from it? How many instruments do we need? Would it be instruments? Would it be an app? Would it be live? Would, it, would we need real estate? What's the licensing? What would we pay in taxes? All that stuff. All the analysis of the actual how-to is masculine energy. Always. Okay. You go grocery shopping and you walk in the grocery store and you're popping off ideas. I wonder what we could have for dinner tonight. Hmm, I wonder if I feel like having a steak. Oh, wait, no, maybe I feel like making a lasagna. Now, oh, well, the, all those I wonders are the childlike energy. It's the energy of possibility. Anything's possible in the grocery store. There's all kinds of stuff. Now, then you get the visionary within that grocery shopping trip that says, okay, well, you know, if I eat the lasagna, what will I look like? Okay, well, if I eat the, the, the salad and the broccoli rabe, what will I look like? And then you have the masculine energy. It's like, is any of this on sale? What side of the grocery store is this on? You know, how do I do this, you know, within the money? What kind of money do I have in my pocketbook or my debit card or my credit card or whatever? Uh, maybe we should get Peapod next time and have all this stuff delivered, you know, how much time do I have in the grocery store before I have to go to the next task of the day? That's the masculine energy, okay? Or what's in the recipe? Do you even have a recipe for this lasagna that you want to make, you know, uh, based off this inspiration? So you see how it works? So you have all three of these things juxtapositioning with each other. Now, what happens, though, is, and this is where the burnout comes in, at some point, especially when we think of we're being, quote, adult or responsible, especially as Americans, the masculine energy takes over. It takes over and it starts to kill the the inspiration. It doesn't want to hear from the little kid part of you. You know, all these ideas popping off and everything. Eh, you know, everything is, eh, how are we going to do that? Eh, how are we going to do that? Eh, how are we going to do that? When you stop listening to those ideas, you get burnt out. Because the masculine energy isn't there to come up with ideas. It isn't there to come up with passion or inspiration. It's there to do the logical how-to. So if you're constantly spinning in to-do, 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 I've got to get this on, I've got to do that, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, you are in masculine energy. You will have no inspiration. 
you're not letting it in. If you're not taking time out to let that childlike energy come out, you will get very burnt out. Or you'll start accomplishing certain tasks, but you'll feel no no excitement around it. How many people have you heard of, oh, well, yeah, yeah, I'm successful, yeah, 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 but I'm choked by it. Like, I have no, you know, you listen to a lot of these musicians. I remember Janet Jackson talking about this, where she was just like, I'm working so hard, and I'm doing things, like, on paper that would make, you know, anybody get excited, world tours and albums and dancing and music videos, but I, I feel empty inside. I'm just, I just feel, like, numbed out. Because you know, she was in, so into the tasks of it all, that she had lost the connection with her childlike energy. And that's what happens. And then that, your body starts, it starts to take its toll on your body. If you're having any kind of stomach issues, intestinal issues, any kind of joint issues, any kind of stiffness in your body, because you're not letting energy flow, you're blocking it. You're putting all of your focus on your mental mind and how to fix things and figure things out, as opposed to being in the flow of when we say being in the flow, we mean that you're flowing and you're giving equal license, equal you know, uh, balance to the child, the masculine, and the feminine energy. You're giving an equal balance. There's a natural flow between each one. So, you know, if you're in the middle of doing taxes, you're probably very much in your masculine energy. The way, how do you deal with that? You're in the masculine energy. You're feeling like kind of stressed out. Your neck is getting stiff and whatever. You say, okay, what do I want to do? Well, you know what you do? You go out for a walk. You get up and go do something childlike. Bake some cookies or, you know, pull out a sketch pad and, and do some sketching for, you know, an hour. Or, um, you know, just be playful. So you might, being playful could be, okay, you know, I always take this route to the grocery store. I've always wondered what the, what's this road, what's on this road. So I'm going to take a different route. And maybe you go take a different route to the grocery store. When you take a different route from your normal grind, your normal routine, you're engaging childlike energy. You're giving yourself a point of inspiration. And that, of course, feeds into the feminine energy so you get those bigger, like sort of the planning part, the visioning boards and all that kind of stuff. And then then you're, when your masculine energy gets a hold of something, it's based on something that started out from a point of inspiration as opposed to a point of mental logic, okay? Misplaced logic, because logic is really meant to be there specifically for after, um, it's meant to be there specifically for after you've had an inspiration. Just go after things just purely from a rational, logical mind, but disenfranchising the younger, you know, the the child and feminine aspect of yourself, you create, basically you create a mess because you're, you're, you're just creating a tremendous amount of work and not, um, you, you know, you're creating a tremendous amount of work and a tremendous amount of spin, but you've eliminated the inspiration. So this is why when people get burnt out, um, and they're not, li- it's because they're not listening. They're just not listening. Now, part of the, um, so so how do you do, so how can we, you know, shift this? One of the biggest things you can do is to take a part of each day to nurture yourself. Um, 
that means first nurturing does not necessarily mean that you have to go off to you know one of the big spots, the Canyon Ranch or Miraval, one of these big places, and spend a bunch of money trying to get massage involved. And if you can do that, that's really actually phenomenal, and by all means do it. But you can sort of create a microcosm of that for yourself by saying, you know what, um, I'm going to get some basketball today. I'm going to take a hot bath. I'm going to give myself, you know, when I'm in the grocery store, I'm going to buy a bunch of fresh flowers for myself. See a little deck in it. Uh, maybe you're going to buy that, you know, really great-looking pint of raspberries that you wouldn't normally let yourself buy because they're not necessarily, you know, um, on sale or whatever. You know, maybe you're going to let yourself just have some free reign, some sort of, some sort of flexibility in what you're doing, and when you do that, you know, you you do it little by little. It doesn't, you know, you give yourself a little bit of wiggle room in your day, and it replenishes you. It, number one, replenishes you because whatever you're doing is feeling pleasurable, but number two, you're also telling yourself, you're giving yourself permission to regenerate and to step into that flow. You're seeking it out, and whatever you're seeking out, you bring in, right? So, Really, really powerful to do that. The other thing that happens when you change the way um, one of the big things, one of my channels told me this, and it was really, really powerful. He said, Listen, if you want to see big changes, you want to see big changes in your money, you want to see big changes in your career, you want to see big um, changes in your life, you have to get off your routine. And, and it's not as literal as a lot of people think. So let's say you're really burnt out with um, writing. You're writing a book and you're working on a chapter and you're just really struggling with it and you're just trying to figure out, you know, what's this character going to do? What do I do next? What do I do next? What do I do next? And you're just stuck. You get unstuck. It's not to try to keep figuring it out, but to go and do something completely different. Because when you're stuck, what you do to your resonant energy is you you start to fire hose it. You start to put yourself down. This isn't good enough. You start to be perfectionistic. Uh, the structure isn't this. I can't think about it. I can't. I'm tired and blah, 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 blah. And so what happens is your resonant energy starts to spew out, starts to spin out resistance. Starts to spin out, you know, so it starts to project. Resistance starts to project. Um, fatigue starts to project. Anger maybe, uh, frustration all those lower scale um, emotions, right? So your resident energy goes down. When, in order to get yourself back in the flow, you have to get away from the writing. And you, even if you're on a deadline, you can do this in an hour. You have to go away from the writing and you have to do something completely different. It's kind of like letting your kid have recess. You go out, go for a quick walk, body engaged, maybe go on, you know, I don't, you know, I, sometimes it's like, let's say at night, you can't go out walking or it's winter or whatever, you could maybe go on Pinterest or something, something fun, not necessarily Facebook, because Facebook's turned into like the hard news, so it's a very stressful place to be most of the time, but something like Pinterest where you have lots of visuals, you know, where you can kind of escape looking at travel or just do a Google search on travel and just escape to other things or gardens or, you know, just put yourself just, you have to like literally change gears. And when you change gears, what you do is you raise your frequency. You take your frequency out of the, the oppressive mode 
and you put it back into like turning on a faucet of frequency and pouring it into your experience, okay? So it's like, you know, getting out of like the stop drain sink and going to another sink in the house and getting the flow back going. And then you, then as you do, you know, that, then you say, okay, I think I need to call a plumber for the other. Okay, you can get a solution, right? So if you want to raise your money, you want to raise relationships, you want to just have big changes happen in your life, start doing something completely off your routine. When you switch routines like that, you literally switch yourself. For my advanced students, I said, you know, we switch into a whole different parallel reality for ourselves. We switch into another dimension where we're the, we're the same person, but we're kind of in a different zone. So we switch over into a different zone, and then the whole scene just shifts. Okay, so if you want that shift, change things up. Be radical, you know. If you're this, like, I'm, I could be very routine. On, on certain things. Like, I like my protein shake, and I like it to have my, you know, I do this little thing, protein powder and, and, and dark chocolate, um, like unsweetened cocoa and stevia. I put fruit in it and all this different stuff. Most of the time I'll have dark cherries, so it's like a cho- chocolate cherry protein shake. Last few days I've been saying, oh, you know, I really want strawberries. I really want strawberries. But I just had still had cherries in the house. So I said, okay, you know what? Today when I went to the grocery store, I said, I'm getting those strawberries. Now, Sounds really silly, benign, who cares? But if you're drinking the same kind of protein shake every day, your your frequency, you're literally cementing a frequency into one direction because your body just sort of connects with, okay, breakfast tastes like this, lunch tastes like that, blah, 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 blah. And your frequency sort of goes down. When you just change a flavor, it affects your whole body. And strawberries vibrate differently than cherries. That's a whole other show. But the fact of the matter is that it changes. There's a shift. And just that little shift pops your frequency up. Then if, let's say, you change up the protein shake and you say, you know what, Um, I'm going to use this bath soap instead of that bath soap. I'm going to change up my shampoo. Or I'm going to take a different way to get to the grocery store to work or whatever. You're changing it up. Now, if you do that enough times in a day, your whole day will start to feel different. You know, the colors will look a little different. Uh, you know, just perspectives will look very different. I know when I flew to New Jersey, um, for the I hadn't been home, I hadn't been back for 18 months since I moved uh, to California. And over the holiday, I flew to New Jersey, and um, my sister was supposed to come pick me up, but she couldn't. There was traffic, blah blah blah. It was a holiday. It was actually Christmas Day, so they sent a limo for me. And I got, for the first time in 20-something years, I got to sit in the car and actually watch, look, look, you know, as a passenger instead of driving. And we were going through all these highways and stuff that I knew well, and I couldn't believe what I had missed on the Bell Park from New Jersey to New York. It was unbelievable. I was like, I had no idea that I was there, and I've been, you know, I, I've been passing that for 30 years. Oh my goodness, that's always been. Oh wait, I, I mean, it was a total. It was like a totally different trip, totally different trip. And so, do you think my frequency was the same as it was when I was driving back and forth from New York to New Jersey to my mother's house, back and forth every week, every few weeks? No, totally different trip. So I got different insights and different ideas and and just noticing, you know, and that's a big piece of this is noticing. It's a big um, tool is, um, and that's, you know, the the other tool I wanted to mention 
is when you are um, in that zone and you are uh, in this, you know, trying to evaluate yourself and, and, and you want to not tune out on yourself. It's very easy when you're constantly texting you're addicted to your Facebook. You're addicted to your Instagram. You've got your head. If you're, if you, you know, as soon as you get back in the car to go from the grocery store home, you're looking at your text. As soon as you turn the car off to get out of the car to go into the grocery store, you're checking your text. You, you know, you're in the grocery store and you stop. You're waiting a lot. You're checking your text. You know, you're checking your phone. You're checking your phone. Checking your phone. You're you're cementing your frequency, um, it, it, into into numbing out into zoning out. And then also, you don't know what's going to come out of that text or what's going to pop up on Facebook, you know, randomly and all that. And because you don't know, you can have some really jarring things like just pop you in the face. You know, you're like, oh, oh. Like I had somebody killing chicks, like baby chicks on the on the um, thing. I saw, this, I saw this video before and then I saw it again today. I was like, oh, you know. And it just jars you and it kills your frequency. It really does bring you down, you know, the politics and the um, the wars and all the different things going on. Doesn't mean you shouldn't have current events, you know. But if you are going to do news and current events, if you're going to watch the news, then you need to have a frequency um, booster after you finish the news. You don't watch the news and then go to sleep, you know. When you're watching television, by the way, you put yourself into a trance-like state. It's the same thing with Facebook text. Anything where you're staring and scrolling or you're sitting and you sort of go into like the zoned out idle mind, like watching TV, you're literally more susceptible to receiving, whether it's negative or positive energy, you're going literally into a hypnotic state when you're staring at the Facebook, when you're staring at these, these things and you're scrolling. You're literally in a semi-hypnotic state and you're more susceptible to receiving low-frequency energy. So when you zone out on the news at like CNN, you have CNN playing CNN playing in the background, you're literally programming your energy so low. You're programming yourself for resistance. You're programming yourself for stress, for burnout. You're programming yourself for negativity. You're programming yourself for propaganda to receive it. And you're receiving it, not just your intellectual mind is receiving it. It's going to every cell of your body because when you put yourself in a trance state by staring at the TV and zoning out with the face, with the social media and the texting and all of that, you literally are in a semi-hypnotic state and you are literally, literally absorbing, you know, a hundred times more than you would if you were in more of a waking state. Okay, your defenses are down. This is why I tell people, be careful what you post on on Facebook. You've got a whole lot of semi-hypnotized people looking at this stuff. And, you know, a lot of people love shock value. They, you know, they like to get on a crusade for a cause or whatever, and they put up all these horrible things and just expect everybody to be jumping on the horror bandwagon with them. But they're really hurting people, you know. And so you have to be careful. You have to be responsible. There's a tremendous amount going on. You know, everybody's on massive overload. You know, think about it. Before we had social media, there was a lot less exposure to atrocity. You had to turn on the news. You had to listen to the radio. You had to read a magazine or a newspaper. But you weren't getting bombarded with it everywhere. You turned staring down at a phone. You didn't even have a phone. You had to go home and make a phone call. You had to go to a pay phone and pay 25 cents a minute. 
You couldn't you couldn't uh just constantly be checking in with world news every second, right? And know it ahead of mass media. I mean the mainstream media can't even keep up with the with the uh social media. So um when it comes to burnout, you know, you can't mention burnout without mentioning social media. <laughs> you just can't. We're on overload. It's not in your imagination, but it's very important to recognize the child energy, the masculine the child energy, the feminine energy, and the masculine energy, and give each its just due. So, again, playtime, changing things up, saying yes to things that you normally might say no to. Like, I know for myself, um, I'm very much a spontaneous person. I'm not a planner. And I knew that my frequency was really low the last few weeks. I was just tired, whatever, for whatever reason. And so I never, ever make plans. Like I just, you know, if I decide I want to go to, you know, us to dinner or something, I figure it out like 20 minutes before I'm going to leave. I call somebody, hey, you want to go to dinner? Oh, yeah, let's go. And then, you know, it's very spontaneous. But last week, you know, I'm going to change things up. I need to make some other things happen in other areas. So I'm going to change things up. I'm going to make a plan. And I called a friend. I said, hey, you want to go to see this movie? Um, by the way, you should see the movie Miracles from Heaven if you haven't seen it. It's awesome. It's like, you want to go to, I need. A, I haven't had a Mexican food in like a month and a half. So I said, you want to go to Me- for Mexican movies? She said, oh, that'd be awesome. And I mean, like 48 hours before we went, we were planning this thing, which I was like, wow, that's cool. You know, like I'd never do that. But the whole frequency of the whole thing felt so different than normal. Like we bought our movie tickets ahead of time. Like it was just a totally different change of pace and then we went to a totally different town that I don't normally go to so it's just like I just needed a day of completely different so when it came back to having to do work the next day um it was so much better in fact actually what I did was I took that Saturday to do fun stuff and just be in a totally different zone so that was like giving my kid my inner child a play date that's Sunday, I thought, okay, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to work and get all, you know, get a head start on the week and do all these obligational things. And I said, you know what, forget it. I'm going to nurture myself. I went out to the beach. I did, you know, I just sort of cocooned and just sort of rested. And then when Monday hit, I was able to handle things better on Monday because I had given myself some space on sun, on Saturday and Sunday. Very important. It's it's it's. It's changing up, you know, it's saying, it's, of course, the self-love thing, yeah, you know, you're nurturing yourself and all that. But for the sake of this conversation, it spiked my frequency. It got my frequency up a lot of levels to do that. Because it was giving me permission. It was also answering to each one of those those sides, the child, the masculine, and the feminine, right? So, so the child was saying, I want to go to the movies. I think it would be really fun to go to the movies. Oh, I want to go to dinner, too. And the feminine is like, okay, what movie... What would that look like, you know? Huh, yeah, that would feel pretty good after going for, you know, margaritas in a movie. And who would I call? Oh, yeah, you know, I'll go out with, with this person because they're really fun and they're not the Debbie Downer and all that kind of stuff. And then the masculine's like, okay, so if we're going to do this, why don't we figure out, like, which restaurant, which directions, you know, should we buy the tickets ahead of time? How crowded is it going to be? The masculine energy got there just too. But they were tasking out the inspiration of the idea from the inner child. I say this. I know I've given you a lot of sort of, you know, stories today about this, different examples. It's really important to apply this to all aspects of your life, not just waiting for the big things and then all of a sudden, you're, you know, you're all backed up and you have to change something and it's too hard. Like, it's very important to 
in between the big things. So in between the business deals or the relationship situations or the, you know, uh, the weigh-ins. Like if you're on a diet and you know you're going to be weighed in by your nutritionist on Thursday and you so you, you get weighed in on Thursday and you're not going to go back to the following Thursday, you don't start dieting the Wednesday night before, right? You don't start dieting and exercise the Wednesday night before and then have to get on the scale the next day. From that Thursday that where you just got weighed, you, you go on your diet exercise so that you have seven days before the next weigh-in, right? You don't cram it at the end of the week and then try to, you know, wear practically nothing to make the scale move. Well, it's the same thing with everything else. You know, you have to give yourself, you're in between, in between those big jumps, there's a lot of space. And so before you have to hit that business deal that really makes a difference, or you have, you hit that, that point where the, you, you know, the relationship situation really comes to a head or the career situation or the work situation, managing your frequency all along the way in the most mundane of ways adds up. It's cumulative. It's like you're putting money in the bank. So when you do get to those big things that matter, you know, that big date with somebody or that big, you know, work situation or whatever it is, you've collected the frequency. You're not just trying to switch gears and look for magic tricks. This is not magic tricks. A lot of people approach manifesting, intuition, all these things based on superstition and magic tricks, thinking that, oh, I just have to put this together and this together and this together. Oh, and I just, you know, I'm in trouble. I better hope the universe will help me, you know, this kind of thing. Don't bother. Don't bother. It's not going to work. It's not a magic trick. It's a muscle. You are building an energetic muscle. Energy and energy work is not a magic trick. It's not a recipe and then it's like, oh, did it work for me? No, did it work for you? No, okay, I guess it doesn't work. No, it's like diet and exercise won't work if you don't do it consistently. And listen to what the type of diet and exercise your body specifically needs. So when you're dealing with energy, it's not one size fits all. Fits all. There's certain people who are going to find a totally, you know, totally different type of, you know, shift to happen in order for them to feel a difference. Some people are, are very much in their child energy, you know. The other ones that you say are not grounded and they're all over the place. They're always creating, creating. There's a lot of artists like that. They're very much in the child. They don't ever get anything, any kind of big vision and they definitely don't do any kind of planning and tasking things out to get things done, okay. So some people operate very much in the child energy and ignore the masculine. Some people are very much in the masculine and ignore the other two. Some people are very much into the vision boards, the, the big dream. We call those dreamers. Oh, she's got these big plans. She's got these big plans. Oh, they're beautiful plans. She never gets anything done. She never finishes anything. She just starts things and she doesn't finish. That's the person who stays in that feminine energy, but they're not really engaging the masculine. So you need all three. That's why you call it the three-legged stool. That's when the stool stands up. And that's where you can sit down on it and rely that it's going to hold you up. And this goes for every single thing you're doing. Start to notice how, which one is your screensaver? Which one do you sort of naturally default on? Are you constantly chicken without a head running around trying to make things happen, make things happen, make things happen? Then you're over leaning into um, masculine energy. If you're constantly having these big ideas, big dreams, big strategies kind of flying high over everything and you know, someday I'm going to have this in place and that in place and you're constantly in planning mode, you're, you're sort of in the feminine. If you're constantly like, you know, playtime, 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 I'm going to ignore this, I'm going to ignore that, I'm going to ignore this, I'm going to ignore that, and you just play, 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 
then you're very much skewed into the to the childlike energy. You're probably not getting very much done either. And your 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 personal life may be chaotic. You know, things not like institutive things like your accounting and you know, your oil changes in your car and all that kind of stuff may not be getting done as regularly as they should, maybe your doctor's visits or whatever, because you're playing in that set, that child energy and you're not using any masculine energy to sort of keep things on track. So burnout and finding your flow and getting inspiration is really based on finding sort of that balance and flow with these three pieces. Now, are there times when some of these dominate? If you're doing your taxes and you're on a deadline, your masculine energy is probably dominating pretty heavily. And that's okay because you need to finish the task. But what's the way, when you do that, say, okay, here's my deadline. got to get the taxes done. As soon as I finish those taxes, the next day, go to the lake for a walk. I'm going to go for a hike. In fact, I'm going to plan that hike now so that I give myself a deadline. I'm marching through something, and there's a reward on the other end. What most people do is they get through the whole tax day, and I'm like, okay, what next? Oh, God, we've got to get the plumber in here, you know, and they never give themselves any breathing room, okay? So that's when you get that burnout. All right, so I hope that's helped. Um, I'm going to take a couple calls. Uh, we'll see how much time we have to do calls. Um, if you'd like to call in, it's 347-215-9485. It's 347-215-9485. Okay, so first, we have Erica from New York. Hi, Erica. Hi, Mari. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm okay. A little tired. <laughs> Actually, mm-hmm. it's your talk on burnout kind of hit a lot of points that I'm experiencing because I'm actually constantly in my, my masculine because I'm always like, forcing myself to work and trying to like on the side, like find a new, try to find a business venture to try to kind of change my, you know, my dominant, um, well, my work situation because I want to do something different, but, you know, I'm not really sure what to do, but I know if I don't do something that I'm going to be stuck doing the same thing I've been doing for the last eight years, which I hate every minute of it. Okay. So do you have a question? Yeah, I guess, you know, in terms of, like, you know, when you're in a place where, you know, for me, like, I work a lot because I get paid hourly and, mm-hmm. you know, and I have financial realities. And so that's, part, you know, part of the reason why I'm working so hard. But I would like right. to have to be able to shift to get to a life where I'm, like, I'm having love in my life and fun in my life and flow, you know. And, like, you know, how do you do that without, like, you know, you without getting to that point where you just sacrifice so much and you just get constantly get burned out because that's kind of where I am. Mm-hmm. Because I keep trying well, to do stuff, change it. Well, there's a couple of things. So um, the first thing is, and we've talked about this on the show a, a bit in the past, is how are you orienting your, like what kind of glasses are you evaluating your life through? Are you evaluating your life through the how much did I get de- done glasses or the vibrational frequency glasses. So what you do is you motivate, like there's a bunch of things that came to mind when you were talking, but the thing that you're using, first of all, is fear and stress to motivate you to do stuff. So, you know, if you're scared, you get more done than if you're not. If you're stressed out, you get more done if you're not. And you spook yourself by, you know, you're motivating yourself by saying, I can't do this for eight more years. If I I don't 
get it fixed now. And, you know, if, if I if I don't work all these hours, I'm not going to be able to pay my bills. Well, what you're doing is you're literally scaring yourself constantly. So you're putting yourself in a very low vibrational frequency. And what really makes shifts and change happen is not what you do, but how you flow your energy. That's what shifts. Mm. You could do, um, you know, almost nothing and focus on, like when I went to the beach and, you know, the movies and all that other stuff the other day, that was way more of a productive day than sitting home writing a bunch of blog articles ever would have been because it raised my frequency. So where if if I tried to write blog articles on Saturday, it might have taken me six hours. It, you know, if I gave myself the day to play and raise my energy, I could write blog articles on Monday and it'll take me two. You know, because your frequency drives everything. Your frequency also drives opportunity. So if you're constantly sort of negative affirming yourself, saying, I've got to work these hours because I have financial realities, which is really your only financial reality is that you're creating the reality by your dominant thoughts. So, you know, I have to work and I have to work and I have to do this and I have to do that, and I hate this and I hate this and I hate this. I mean, you put yourself into a vibrational straitjacket. You're not giving yourself any out. So all you can do, all the universe can do, all the energy can do is repeat itself. You're like kind of constantly choosing these very hard situations, all right? So all of it is really actually generated by the energy you're putting out. So the way that I would start um, shifting that is um, I don't know that I would start off in the category of money and career for you right away because I think that you're kind of, Phobic with those two things because you've got yourself in such a, like a fear straitjacket. So what I would say is you've got to go do something completely different, and it's going to seem like it has nothing to do with anything. It might be like you go to the grocery store and you say, you know what, I never let myself bake cookies. I just never do, but I love cookies. I'm going to go bake some cookies today. Just that, you just boosted your frequency. You start to put boosted frequency in the bank, and you can pick your activity of choice. I'm sure you get what I'm saying. You start to accumulate mm-hmm. that. When you you will start to see that your work situation starts to smooth out a bit, that um, maybe you're not as tired doing the hours you are. If you keep, you know, boosting your frequency, boosting, 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 on things that have nothing to do with it, you will see that when you come back to it, you get clarity. And you say, you know what, I'm done. And one day, and you will say this, because I've done it like a zillion times, you'll say, I'm done with this, I'm going in this direction, and you'll just know. Because what you're doing is you're giving permission to your frequency to bring you something different. If you're willing to take action on doing something different, you're giving permission to the universe to bring you something different, different scenarios, different opportunities, you know, maybe a different boss or whatever, or maybe a different job altogether, or, you know, and then that will also give you space to explore what you need New ideas. You can't get anything accomplished if you are you're in the spin of I hate what I do. I can't do this another eight years. You're putting yourself down for what you've been doing. You're working yourself to the bone if you, and then scaring yourself. I got to work all these hours so that I can make it because that's my reality. It's not your reality. Your reality is you can shift and choose anything you desire, and you'll have a bridge. Yes, you'll work those hours for a while to do the bridge, but the the shift starts from your willingness to do something different. And that will start to, you know, it kind of flips the apple cart. 
It might sound a little illogical, but that's the whole point. No, if it sounds it too logical, sense. it's probably not. Yeah, good. I'm glad because... No, no, um, no. I think it makes sense. I mean, because I, I feel like I've been pushing. Like, instead of allowing, I've been pushing. Like, I jumped into this, like, launcher business boot camp thing, and I'm, like, kind of over... Like, I, I, I have a hard time, you know, coming up with the, create, you know, creative ideas because I'm just so tapped and I I get it. You're you so know, what? You cut out. You were so I'm, what? I'm so tapped, tapped yeah. out. Tapped in out. Terms of yeah. Like, you know, I just, I don't have time to just sleep enough or, you know, have relationships and like the other parts of life. So I, I get it like in terms of like, you know, shifting, shifting the point of the focus point and, you know, very simple makes, things, I mean, you know, sense. very simple things. Just, you know, if you park close to the grocery store, park far away. You know, just just the mundane things make the biggest difference. You'd be amazed, you know, because what you're saying is I've got myself kind of locked into um, a way of being. Right, and you're kind of dependent on that way of being because it's kind of making you money for the time being. Just right. so, it's so yeah, you'll say, "Oh, I don't have time to be inspired to do this boot camp," you know, whatever it is, and it might feel like, "Oh, I have to do something really big to make that inspiration happen." And what I'm saying to you is that every little bit of of energy you put with intention to shift your frequency will exponent it. It it kind of morphs itself. In fact, there's a statistic that says. Um, Every 17 seconds of focused, energetic thought is equivalent to two hours of physical work. So for every 17 seconds that you focus on changing your shifted frequency, it's equivalent to two hours of you working like physically. So you can do the math on your calculator of how many seven, how many blocks of 17 seconds are in an actual minute and then do that times two hours, so 120 minutes. You see what I'm saying? And that's how much you're getting, like, so many hours for just a little bit of this this frequency work. Um, it, it can make a big difference. So I hope that's helpful. I'm going to have to jump off, but I just um, I hope that's helped. Thank you. No, that, that is helpful. You're welcome. Go forth and conquer. <laughs> okay, so um, I, I hope that you guys understand that it's it's such a powerful shift, and these powerful shifts that we talk about on the show do not require, you know, these big crescendos, you know, like, like, like that cramming energy and then boom, something happens. You know, a lot of times, especially with the media, you know, you hear about somebody's beginnings and then you hear about the after you know, the accomplishment, especially in America, it's always before and after. Oh, she, you know, that People magazine issue, the first of the year, where they have, you know, all the people who lost 100 pounds in the last year. And, you know, you see the before picture and they're all big and then you see the after picture and they're like there in the little, you know, yoga pants or whatever. And But they don't show you all the in-between, right? And for them to get to that big result, they did a whole lot of little tiny actions. They did 
you know, this meal and made that choice to have this meal over that meal and maybe not have that snack and maybe go for a run instead of a walk or take a nap or what, you know, they, they made thousands and millions of choices before they got to that big result. So with this work, you want to recognize that your smallest choices, your smallest choices when they, when you collect them are what actually create those big results. And when you're dealing with energy, again, 17 seconds of your focus frequency, focus thought is equivalent to two hours of tasking with your mental mind and your physical body. Okay? So I hope that's helped. We will see you back here, same time, same place next week. And we will end with my motto, which is, you truly can have exactly what you want. You absolutely deserve it too. And in this new energy, anything is possible. Take care, everybody. You've been listening to the AHA Moments Radio Show with your host, Mari. Be sure to visit her blog and website at www.ahamomentsinc.com. That's A-H-A, moments with an S, inc.com. Also join Mari on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash ahamomentsinc and Twitter at twitter.com slash ahamoments. We can't wait to see you there.
Thank you.